Welcome back, everyone, to the Alex Mo I'm a PT podcast, and Alex is back with us tonight, relaxed, refreshed, rejuvenated after his family vacation. I'm smiling because I got some great news today, which we'll probably share later on in the podcast. But he and I are both grateful that we have Dr. Mika Mitchell of at Creatively Meek on Twitter. You can also follow her personal page. Um, on with us tonight, and we are going to be talking about the importance of being mindful as healthcare clinicians. Again, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We thank all of you who have subscribed so far. And we are also now on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out our website. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So welcome back, Alex, and welcome, Mika. Thank yeah, you. it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, got a, a week off to recharge, refresh, celebrate uh, my youngest, Nikki's birthday. So uh, it was a good week. I was telling Mo, like, you know, I'm looking forward to the days where we can just do this podcast and I'll be by the pool and just hanging out full time. But uh, definitely good to be back. Excited for tonight and, ha and having uh, Mika with us, uh, Dr. Mitchell. Uh, and then last week was was a great conversation. I, I caught pit, uh, bits and pieces of it. Um, obviously, a much needed conversation. So if you haven't checked that episode out, uh, please do. Um, as as Mose said, uh, subscribe, follow us, um, so you can keep up with everything uh, exciting that we got going on. But thank you, Dr. Mitchell, for taking time out. Um, both you and I had to get our kids ready for bed, so I'm all familiar <laughs> with that process. Uh, yes. So thank you for taking time out to be with us. Yes, thank you for the invite. I got it. The invitation, I was like, yes, absolutely, when? So I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Yes, awesome. yes, yes. So we, we've had some sit-downs um, when we've met at conferences, and, you know, I've enjoyed all conversations. Uh, I definitely have benefited from not only hearing what you have to share, but even the nonverbal communications on how you actually would, you know, sit down at eye level to make sure people are comfortable with receiving what you have to say and you being receptive to what the other person has to say. And the calmness that you display when you're having conversations, it's something that I have been generally focused on improving when I'm having conversations now with people to listen with intent. Um, far too many of us, when we hear, we don't listen. We just hear to give a quick retort. And I remember that was something you said when we were at dinner one evening. And <laughs> I was like, you know, she's absolutely correct. So I had to like, you know, pinch myself and catch myself. Like, am I really one of those people that, just hear it just to talk or hear myself talk and not listen with intent and respond accordingly. So um, I do admire that about you. So thank you. Thank you, Mo. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you got all of that for those interactions? Wow. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. I've been, I've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. But yeah, it, and it's, you know, what I wanted to say up front on this podcast is I am a work in progress. Like we are all works in progress, you know, so it's something that we keep working toward. Right. And I think ultimately how you set your intention makes such a difference, you know, because you could have an idea of what you want. But if it's not truly like this is what I am wanting to put out in the world and wanting the world to receive, then sometimes it gets lost. Definitely. Absolutely. So take me back to how Creatively Meek came to be. Like how, how did, what was the process to, to, you know, to when you first thought of this and, and how you decided to kind of put, you know, thoughts and words into action? That's a great question. And um, we're going to go back. So if on my um, Instagram account, if you go back and look when it was created, it was created a long, long time ago. One day I was just like, something about this name resonated with me um, because, you know, doing mindfulness and just finding 
time for creative outlet and space. Um, that's kind of where it was like, oh, creatively meek and a play on my name because my name is Mika. Um, and sometimes I have to emphasize the meek because people will say Micah if they see my name first before they get to know me, which, you know, a simple correction, it's Mika and we move forward. But so that's kind of where that play on words with the creative side of who I am and meek and, and just really yielding and, and leaning into it because, you know, we get so caught up sometimes into our occupation and our profession. I am a physical therapist, right? Like when you lead like, oh, what do you do? I'm a physical therapist. And then that sometimes that can be all consuming and who we are and, you know, the topic that we're going to bring up. I saw your um, post about burnout and about compassion fatigue. Sometimes we take on this we are the PT and forget that there's so many other things about us that bring us joy and actually the stepping away from it be, you know, what it is you do every day makes what you do every day even better. Um, and so it really is my time, my creative outlet. It is where I can be, you know, I like, I have so many ideas for what Creatively Meek will, you know, produce. But right now, the focus is mindfulness and mindfulness exercises. Um, and where that started was my son, uh, my oldest is 12, and he, we started doing some mindfulness exercises together. And I don't know how much it helped him. I believe it helped him. But I start, I did it with him because, you know, he just needed some time to center and get his emotions together, right? As we're growing, we all need to be able to handle these big emotions that we have. Um, but then not ever thinking that this was for me, I was like, wait, I found myself doing some of those breathing exercises and feeling different. And I'm like, wait, could it be the mindfulness exercises? Let me, you know, and let me be more consistent with it for myself. Um, and so from there, I saw the value of it. Um, and then, you know, how we came to just me then facilitating mindfulness exercises. So fast forward a couple of years last, well, not time. We, lo we I lost time during the pandemic. It wasn't last year. So in 20. 20 um, at the height of the pandemic or really at the start of the pandemic, but right when George Floyd was murdered, there was this collective tension, right? Nobody could leave their house. We were constantly seeing these images of this murder and, and just racial tensions. There was just so much going on. And um, I knew I was struggling. It was a lot to handle as a PT um, already, you know, with my skill set, but being an educator, being with students, I'm like, how are our students handling this? They're like, we're asking them to deal with the pandemic, deal with this, all of this, uh, the understanding and the realization of the murder of George Floyd without really addressing it or providing an outlet for um, this release. And so my wonderful friend, colleague, um, Dr. Lisa Van Hoos, I said to her, I was like, what can we do? Like, how can we support the students? How can we hold space for them? Um, and so it was like, let's host some Zoom meetings. Let's, you know, come around some topics around mindfulness. And then it just evolved into, let me customize some mindfulness exercises. Let's create mindfulness content around topics. And let's um, continue this community um, that we started then that has just, it's beautiful to see where those students that started with us that are now have graduated or about to graduate, um, you know, still in PT school and other um, health profession schools, but just how all of that birthed this, this beautiful community. Now, now for some of us who may not know or, or fully understand it, myself included, describe when you say mindfulness exercises, um, what what is that? Like, what does that look like? What does that involve? Um, you know, for me, like, I think when you say mindfulness, I think, you know, meditating, which for myself, and I tweeted this a while back, like, I find it hard sometimes just to quiet my mind to be able to focus on whatever you know at that point the meditation i i personally i know mo uses the peloton meditation i use those as well um but yeah like it, it's hard it's not something mm -hmm. where you're just like oh let me just you know set the mood 
in, in the room with the lights and, and whatever the case may be. And, and this just works. Like it, it is an exercise just like when we think of working out or, or doing things like that. But is it that or is there more to it? Is, you know, what is it really? Yeah. So the beauty is it is similar to exercise. It's, a, it's something that with practice, you get better at it. With practice, you can actually stay engaged the entire time, whatever that amount of time is. But sometimes it's, you know, we start off and I'm going to give you a definition, my definition of what mindfulness is. And then I'm going to kind of break it down into like what these exercises look like. But it's a it's a practice um, and it's OK to give yourself grace to say, you know what, I went and, rec you know, I pressed play on this mindfulness exercise and it was not hitting what the kids say. It was not slapping. Um, it, it was not working for me. And that's okay. Like you have to try it again. And, and so what mindfulness is, is this present awareness. It's different than meditation. So you're, you're aware, like you're not trying to silence your mind. You are giving full acknowledgement to everything or anything that's going on around you. Where we use our senses, you can really focus in on your different senses one at a time, take it all in um, at the same time. But through that present awareness that you then hold non-judgment for what's going on, right? So we're fully acknowledging what's happening around us. We're not going to say, oh, no, that's not there or that's not. No, like, oh, I see it. I see that. I see that. Oh, yep. I hear that. I, I feel that. Um, and just being aware of your surroundings. Um, and so what these mindfulness exercises are, it's it's a guided mind. It's a guided um Meditation, but not in the sense of stillness, calmness, you know, empty your brain of every thought like that to me. I don't know that I could do that because I'd be like, wait, where, there's another thought. Oh, wait. There's yeah. another and, and that's exactly how I, at times can be. It's like, you know, like, you know, focus on this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I got things coming left and right. Like, how do I yes. how do I stop yes. these? You right. Know? You're like, I need the traffic controller to be like, yeah, whoa, exactly. hold up, hold tight. Right. <laughs> and so that's the beauty of mindfulness. It's like, no, be fully aware. Like, yes, there are lots of thoughts. Sometimes there are thoughts that come and go. There's sometimes it, and and giving it your awareness, then you can let it in and non not judging it, right? So you know what? I'm sitting here and I'm trying to focus on my breathing, and so I'm just gonna take some deep breaths. My intention is to focus on my breathing, and then I start thinking about the things that I didn't do today or the things that I have to do later. Um, and so if my intention is for mindfulness, I'm gonna focus on my breath, and I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna look at these thoughts. I'm gonna you know be able to visualize. Yes, these thoughts are there. But I'm going to give them space to be like, no, this is not what we're focusing on. So I, I'll let you go and, and let it flow, you know. But there are some thoughts sometimes that stick with us. And that's the thing where you're like, why is that so persistent? Not judging it, acknowledge it. You know, yes, I see you and I know that I have to fold these clothes later. But right now I'm focusing on my breathing, you know. And so it's that practice of just being in the moment, whatever that moment is. Um, and as you focus on your breathing, because sometimes when there's so much going on and there's so many thoughts and there's so much other things that I could be doing, that then sometimes restricts us and even how we're breathing, right? You could be stressed and your breathing rate is fast. Or, you know, if you're really, you know, down, maybe it's slower, but your intention around focus on this breath, let's take some nice deep breaths, increase your inhale and exhale. It just, it helps. It helps you to be able to say, okay, now what is this next thing? Because I gave this attention to myself, you know, and sometimes in focusing on your breathing, then you do a body scan and say, okay, now I need to check in with myself because this day was busy. And now, wait a minute, I have this this pain right here. Like, why is my shoulder hurt? You know, why is my stomach tight? Oh, because that's where I'm holding whatever tension, whatever stress or whatever um, is bothering me and being able to say, okay, as I inhale and as I exhale, I'm going to let that go and allowing your body yourself that time to relax. Um, and then, you know, after whatever period of time, and it could be as fast as, which I will say fast as one minute. It could be a, a, a interval of one minute 
But if you ever just sit there and say, I'm going to breathe for one minute, it seems like a lot. Like, wait a minute, we're still here? I swear it was like 15 minutes. Like, oh, that was only 30 seconds, right? So just even <laughs> one minute to say, okay, let me set my timer one minute. I'm just going to breathe. Let everything be what it is. It'll be there when I get back. But let me take this time for myself. Maybe then you can increase it to five minutes. You know, if it starts at 30 seconds, mindfulness is non-judgment, right? So that's okay. You go, that's where you start. And, and you know, doing this, it I believe it makes you a better clinician for your patients, right? Because I'm not judging it. It is what it is, right? If we are objective practitioners, I have to document what I see, not what I want it to be, not what it possibly could be, but like, no, this is what it is, objectively, non-judgmentally. Um, and then, you know, we're going, we're going to try, do we want to do different? Do we want to do it another way? If not, cool. If so, all right. You know? Well, most healthcare clinicians tend to think of themselves as being resilient. A lot of us just go with the flow. We cope with whatever circumstances come on, we're trying to balance work and life. Um, so their schedules are already packed and some may feel it's a waste of time taking a minute or two to do this or do that. I know it was a challenge for me before I started practicing this routinely, but after I kept, you know, giving it a chance, I, made it a part of my routine. Like once I woke up, I wake up at a certain time, I say my prayers and I do a period of meditation, whether it's, as you said, like a body scan, or I would do like a, a peace meditation or a gratitude meditation, whether it's like for five minutes or 10 minutes, uh, just to center myself and focus on what my day is going to be like. And at the end of the day, I do another one. Um, where I will consider it like a sleep meditation to help me to put to sleep. And my sleep was good. I was going to say, you like, sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes like at the end of like a busy work day, usually prior to doing that, um, my mind will still be spinning and I'll be like, oh shoot, I forgot to do this or I need to do this or that sort of stuff. But like after doing and I tried to make sure that my sleep meditation was like 10 to 20 minutes. I would cut the television off, unplug everything that would emit some sort of light or anything like that. So it was like completely dark. And I do that, listen to just the meditative music and just relax. And I was out. <laughs> like, I love it. Out until my life. You wake up the next day morning. like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I, I, I was the good. last thing I, I remember good. was take a deep breath in, <laughs> take a deep breath out, and then the alarm went off. But it's 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 worth it. So I mean, I know a lot of people dismiss it. Um, as I said, I did at first, but it it helps you to navigate um, life's challenges better. Um, I know I can have a temper, um, and I know some people will probably be like you, but yes, I I, I can have a temper. And girl, same. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you let did. the mindfulness fool you. <laughs> and you know we could react to um, things, you know, differently. And sometimes you're not aware that the things that you're holding inside of you, just the smallest incident, whether it could be with a, a colleague, um, a family member, a friend, or anything like that, could just set something off and it totally had nothing to do with them because you didn't allow yourself to accept or do that body scan like look you know you're stressed at this moment you're exhausted you need to just take some time and relax so i'm encouraging us whether you're a healthcare worker whether you're uh, an attorney whatever your occupation is it's beneficial to be mindful and just center yourself and do some calmness. It, it helps. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was funny when you mentioned that this all kind of started um, in part with helping your son. Um, because, you know, at times I find myself doing similar things. And, and you know, I I'd probably say it's mindfulness activities without knowing that that's what I was doing. 
Um, but you know, my son is, uh, you know, he's, he's emotional, probably more emotional than I am. Um, and that in itself is a struggle, right? Because you're trying to help in this case, my son navigate a situation where you're accustomed to doing it a completely different way. Um, as a man, it's not very typical. And, and Mo, we've had this conversation and it's come up on podcasts where like, as a man, you're not supposed to be or show your emotion or, or it's not expected of you. Right. So as a man, I'm like, I, I got to charge through this. I got to, you know, put that aside. I got to deal with what's in front of me. So when I have to help my son navigate situations, the easy thing is, is for me to kind of revert to that. Like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you crying? Or why, you know, like kind of like suck it up type things. And the times that I've done that, it hasn't worked, right? Because mm -hmm. that's not what he needs or that's not mm -hmm. how he can process things. But then there's times where I'm like, you know, I think like, okay, Alex, like this is not you. This is mm -hmm. him. So mm -hmm. let's try to navigate it. So, and it's doing those things. It's like, hey, Bash, settle down. Mm -hmm. Take mm -hmm. a deep breath. Let's yeah. get it together. And then let's talk about what it is that happened mm -hmm. um, or what has you feeling this way, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that as, as a man, as a, a male, um, we have to be okay with dealing with our emotions. Mm -hmm. And not pushing them away, not hiding them, not being afraid to show them, you know, like, because you have to be vulnerable. Like you, you have to know enough about yourself to say, I'm not right, right at mm -hmm. this moment. Absolutely. And it could be something as simple as like, man, I just had a bad day, like a patient interaction, a, a supervisor, whatever has got me feeling some kind of way. But then you walk home you your spouse and you just have a little you know kind of like mo said you know you look at me funny type of thing and boom it just blew up into this this big or ordeal because you because you did you couldn't you couldn't be true to yourself and, and i think that that's one of the biggest things that you know that i feel like we need to convey again especially as a man to men and, and young men and, and boys and, and, you know, everybody, but it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Right. Yeah. And, and to talk about it because, yeah. you know, growing up, most of us were like, nah, like you can't do, you can't talk about that. You can't show that mm -hmm. vulnerability or you can't be soft, mm -hmm. you know, you can't do these things, but we're seeing in today's society, like, the, the consequences of that Absolutely. of that attitude, you know, where people don't have an outlet, you know, we end up with crazy things happening or, or things that could have been avoided, um, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I think it's 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 a great thing to do. It's it's very very important that we're in tune with ourselves. I mean, uh, you know, the whole thing about you know stigma we're seeing a therapist and and doing those kinds of things i think it all ties in and, and I, i'm you know i'm glad that you are bringing this out to kind of the forefront of your practice and how you're trying to to spread the word because it definitely needs to get out there and, and more so as healthcare professionals uh frontline workers that have been through the pandemic and dealing with this and, and still dealing with it i mean there's different parts of the country where they're still dealing with this head on and and now you throw mm -hmm. in the, the you know the, the abortion stuff and and everything that we're dealing with society like it's a part of our lives. These like, hits keep coming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like absolutely. you know once you like we gotta okay we have a handle we got a plan for this and then something else and it's like you know until you're what you were saying about with your son so i have a 12 year old and a six-year-old and so now even with my six-year-old and he's got some big emotions and lots of words to use and it's you know when sometimes we get overwhelmed is take a deep breath you know and so i'll ask him what do you need to do and he's like take a deep breath and i'm like okay but how many do you need and so he'll tell you as many as i need 
right? So there's not any one number, right? And I think just giving yourself that permission, like to take a step back, because even in itself, sometimes we have that urgency of um, it. you have to deal with things right now and in this moment. It should be our practice to say, give me a minute. My oldest will now tell me, okay, mom, hold on, give me a minute. And I'm like, fair. I was moving too fast, right? So then that was about to cause, you know, a nuclear explosion or, you know, just to say, it's okay to say, I need a minute because, you know, once I checked in with myself, I'm cranky. I'm, I, I'm feeling the impact of my day. I might just be hungry or tired, you know, like what is it that I can pinpoint that with that one clash might turn this into a nuclear experience? Um, and so it just like with our patients and healthcare as healthcare providers, we make recommendations for home exercise programs and, you know, what we want our patients to do. And, and the best way for it to be implemented is in a way that makes sense with how they live like what their day-to-day -day looks like. And so that's where, you know, with these mindfulness exercises, a lot of times I ended with a curious question of, you know, how can you do this? Where can you implement this? Because you have to be able to see this um, to be able to put it into action. And it's if it's, you know, like Mo said, you have this consistent in the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. You know, for some people, it's like, you know what? As soon as I feel my stomach tighten up, I'm going to take this deep breath and, and just take a pause because I already know that's the start of me holding. Um, and so what you also said, Alex, about knowing who you are, right? And so knowing what takes you over the edge and being honest about that, right? We are not going to make any progress if we sit here and, and not honor and acknowledge the truth about what our triggers are and what, you know, how we actually present and be, you know, like, you know what, I am not the most social at seven o'clock in the morning. And that's just the truth, right? So if I know I have to be amongst lots of humans that I have to do my work to get myself together, right? It's not somebody else's responsibility. And we have, the only person we truly can control is ourselves. So I think all of those things and, and just knowing that this is a practice and then something else you said, Alex, was this is just part of our self-work. There is absolutely no shame. And it actually should be um, considered like if therapy is what, uh, you know, a, a mental health therapist, a psychologist, a counselor is what you need. You know, maybe mindfulness, if you're like, I tried it and that is not cutting it and I'm still suffering or I'm still dealing with, you know, that is absolutely what you should be um, seeking out as well. So this is not, you know, one solution for the the burnout and the the all of the overwhelm of this life dealing, you know, in a pandemic, but it's part of it, you know, something that we can do. And then, you know, maybe that's one piece that you can own and you can do it, but then maybe you need some support and that's okay too. And that's absolutely should be supported in our communities and, you know, having that dialogue, like, Hey, I made this appointment with this therapist and my therapist is helping me with these things because it shows that as humans, we're not perfect. We have, you know, based on our lived experience, how we grew up and how, um, you know, we've encountered life, how we handle things. And then, Sometimes it's not the most effective way. Um, and so just being able to hear somebody else give you some some pointers, some tips, some strategies um, can can be helpful in partnership with mindfulness. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned like um, becoming more self-aware. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of people. Like we don't take that time to become more self-aware of uh, things. I, there was one day I was like really tired and a patient got added late to my schedule, but I still accommodated the patient. And I would always say it was fate that that patient and I met. And um, I remember rounded up the evaluation. Um, he told me when, I, when I'm driving home he asked me how far it is that I live from his house. And I said, it would probably be a 30 minute drive. And he's like, drive home in silence. And I was like, what? Because, you know, I usually like to listen to my music or I would probably listen to like a podcast or something like that. And he was like, I want you to drive home in complete silence today. And I was like, okay. Um, so I can't use a GPS because 
Oh, you took it literal. He's like, you better find your way home with this paper map. Here yeah, you go. Here's this atlas. Atlas. So you know you had that road atlas in your car. Just think yeah. Case. Well, but um, but I I did I did as he suggested, and it was it was surprisingly calming. Um, I was able to relax. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I think I got home probably close to nine o'clock that night, and I wasn't as like worked up or um tense as i was prior to you know going to his house because i try not to carry whatever emotions that i had from a previous uh, interaction to the other person and i know sometimes that's a struggle for clinicians as well but um that technique did help me and i started incorporating that as well too whenever i sensed that i was getting tense Driving, driving in between patients, driving home in with nothing on to me is probably one of the better things that I could do for myself. That is, I mean, a, is yeah. There's, there's it's times a, yeah. where there's times where I walk out of a patient's house and um, really nothing to do with that patient, but just that day in general. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not turning anything on. Like I need five, 10 or however long it's going to take me between where I'm leaving and where I'm going to kind of just give myself a chance to decompress because it, yeah, like Mo, I'm the same way. Like I got, I'm usually have music on or stuff. And sometimes that's just so much. It's just overstimulated. Mm -hmm. And I've got so much going on in my mm -hmm. head that I'm like, I just need to just not listen or do anything. You know, a lot of times, yeah. you know, my wife will kind of give me a hard time about this is because she's like, well, you get peace and quiet, <laughs> like, you know, because she stays home <laughs> with the kids and she's with the kids most of the time. So there's a lot of times if I know I've had a stressful day and I know that my wife has had a rough day with the kids and, and maintaining the house and all that stuff, you know, I'll tell myself, I'm like, all right, you're on your way home. Like, give yourself five, 10 minutes of quiet, because when you walk in. Like on you got to be ready to go. Like you got to be tag. You're in. I'm out. I need help. Like come mm -hmm. here. Like don't, you don't get to just go into the office and 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 do your work or continue to work as much as I try to avoid that. So yeah, it's just those periods of just inactivity, and, and it could, like you said, just breathing, focusing on things, acknowledging what is going on around you, but not letting it over consume you um I, I think is is the thing and, and to Mo's point earlier about being self-aware and stuff like that i think people need to myself included you just need to be okay being vulnerable and in you being vulnerable it opens up doors because when people see that you're vulnerable then they're like well okay so i can give you a piece of that as well like i i it's a safe space to say Oh, you you go through that as well, or like you deal with that too. Can I tell you about what I, you know, what's going on with me? And and I think especially in like home health, like we're by ourselves all day. Like I can't go unload to a patient. <laughs> like I'm not gonna tell a patient about what's on my mind. Um, you know, patients like to tell us about what they're dealing with, with society and all that stuff. And you know, personally, I try to like keep those worlds. Uh, separate because a lot of times I don't necessarily agree with the things that, that they may be saying and stuff like that. So I don't want to create a tense, tense interaction, but yeah, like that vulnerability. And I just feel like a lot of us are afraid to be vulnerable, even with our family, significant others, brothers, sisters, wives, husbands, whatever case may be like, just being okay with being not okay, <laughs> you know? So yeah yeah and all of that um i think just being around people that are authentic that are vulnerable and you know there's varying levels of that right you have your inner circle where you it might just be you where you are the most honest and and vulnerable in a, in a private space you know and then you have others around you that you you start to share who you are and once you own like look this is me it's not that 
you know, maybe before I've held it because I didn't want to be chastised or, you know, I didn't want you to think away about me, but guess what? I don't care. Um, so the things that I'm willing to share about this experience is because I know it helped me. It helped me to, you know, be able to let it go and, and to be okay with who I am, um, you know, and, and knowing that how you make connections with other people. And, you know, so some of this conversation around, you know, we as healthcare providers, like we want to always help somebody else, but we have to help ourselves first. Helping ourselves in this honest way, then you can build really authentic relationships. So then the relationships you have with other people are at a deeper level where you can continue this cycle. And it's not just all superficial stuff because then it's more of the same. Um, so I think just really being okay with, you know, what when I have a conversation with somebody, if they're not ready to go to that depth of that, that honesty and, and vulnerability, that's fine. But, you know, you know, you move in different ways with different people. And, you know, this is this mindfulness journey. I tell people, thank God for Jesus and mindfulness, because that's kind of where, how I've got to this place where I'm like, there, I, I can acknowledge and I can let it go. I, you know, it is what it is. You know, you hear that phrase, it is what it is, but like at a truly deep level, like what it is, it's okay. That's what it is. Either I choose that I can accept it or I can't. So either I'm moving into that and saying, you know what, more of that, or I can't accept this. So let me just go over here and, and, you know, not engage. And that's okay too. So I have, we are in a, uh profession where we help people and you're always seen as the the giver or the provider and it's a challenge for most of us in that role to say hey I need help or to even accept help I know it has been a challenge for me and mm -hmm. um, especially over the past like six six weeks or so uh, it, it was like man you know you're used to being the one to, to, to give and be there and stuff like that. But when you're like knocked down and you need somebody to be like, hey, I, I got you. Sometimes it's be like, man, um, I, I, I got to get up. But you have to get to a point where you be like, yeah, I need help. And that's a challenge for a lot of people, especially black, black and brown women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know Alex right. is probably like, going to say something about this. We don't want to hold on to the superwoman trope, like I can do it all. Like, let's be honest. No, you can't. And so, you know, kind of um, with that same idea and mindset of this, you know, this strong, being this super strong person and, you know, being this healthcare provider that you are the go-to for this or, you know, whatever role you, you are in your family. It's like, if you are that person that people come to, you become, you know, what I've heard termed as the strong friend. And so, you know, Alex, you asked me about the evolution of like, what is creatively meek? And so I have ideas for just what that support looks like, because sometimes we go and we do, like you said, Mo, it's like, we just, stuff has to get done. We're just going to do it. Right. And not even thinking, not that you're not wanting to ask for help. You just keep going. Um, and so within um, Creatively Meek, I want to just say like, look, this space is here for that strong person. Like I already know you probably need the support and help and maybe you will or won't ask for it, but you can just dial in, tap in, here are some resources that will be beneficial to you. Um, and and then it, you know, it just continues to provide a support. Um, so stay tuned for lots of different, um, different things for different people, for different spaces. Um, you know, to come. So I'm definitely glad you're doing that because a lot of times we wait until it's too late because you always hear people say after the fact, always check in on your strong friends. And I was mentioning it to someone is like, you know, people keep things so hidden when they're going through mm -hmm. their, their lowest points or their weakest points. Yeah. And it comes as a shock to people after like, wow, I didn't know this person was going through that. Or I didn't know this person was ill. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that person was sick. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you you get so caught up, and yeah. it's like checking on people you haven't heard from in a Absolutely. while, or you Absolutely. haven't seen in a while because something may be going on. But just give them that space to let them be like, okay, yeah, I have something to share with you mm -hmm. because sometimes we are not ready to to see all that's happening. 
Yeah, and I think that's part of, oh, sorry, just holding no, no, space because even if the person's not willing to share what they're going through, just knowing that you're checking in, right? And so for me, what I try to do is, you know, because sometimes that happens where you're like, oh, I was thinking about this person and I didn't reach out. And then you hear like, oh, something was going on. So I try to be aware of like, if somebody crosses my mind, if I have my phone near me, I'm just let me send a text message like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Not that you're probing like, what's going on? Something's going on because you crossed my mind. Like, no, it's just, <laughs> hey, I thought about you and what's up, right? Maybe it leads to a conversation like a phone call, FaceTime, like well, however it is you communicate. But I think um, just really just holding space for people and and that check-in. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, anything probing, but just to know, hey, somebody was thinking about me and that's pretty dope. And, and I think I would add to that to, to, to be kind of, for lack of a better word, persistent, but not necessarily in the way, like you mentioned, just probing, but just, hey, how are you? You know, mm -hmm. and, and trying to be more involved with that. And, and, you know, the reason I say that is I've, I've had two two incidents here in the last couple months of of individuals that i'm familiar with who have gone through some things but but it's not anything you would have ever known right right and just the occasional sporadic hey what's going on mm -hmm. sometimes just isn't enough you know and right. like you said yeah that person may not want to share they may not feel comfortable enough to share but they know that there is at least one person that cares, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, it only takes yeah. one. It only takes one to 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 help somebody yeah. and and to let them know that you know they're not alone and and that there's there's different resources, whatever mm -hmm. they may need. There's a way to find out. You know, like I always tell people, sure. is you know, and this goes for patients as well. I'm like. You know, if there's a problem, let me know. And if I don't mm -hmm. know the answer, I will try to find the answer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Whatever it is that we need to do, you know, just open up, communicate, you know, let me know so that we can try to, to figure this out for you. No matter how small you may think it is or or how big you may think it is. Like, you know, you may mm -hmm. be like, I've got this big problem. I don't want to burden anybody else with it, but I'm like, bring it on. Because it, for you, it may be a big thing. For maybe it's just something small mm -hmm. that can be easily, yeah. you know, fixed. So that's true. You know, and if it is massive, you just hold space and be like, whoa, that was a doozy. You're right. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> Let me help you carry it. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, right, let me, right. Let me, like, let me just, and carry I, that. And I know I'm going to check in on you every day because, whoo, that's a heavy load. And I think, yeah. you know, knowing for everybody you interact with, they could, they, just make the assumption, right? We don't like to assume because we know mm. what they say about that. But if you just assume everybody you're talking to and interacting with is going through something that you have no idea. It could be, like you said, Alex, really big or really small. But you know what? Let me bring some kindness forward because I just don't know. And I don't want to be the cause of you going over the edge, right? Like, let me be the cause of the support. And so, you know, I feel like I... M team hype in that way where I'm like, let me support you. Like, let me lift you up. Like, I can't not do that. If you were in my circle and I'm texting you, like, you'd be like, we can really, I was like, oh, how many words of affirmation do you need? What kind of support do you need? Because that's just, I know that I did that for me. Right. So when I say these things start with self, it started with self. Like, okay, you know what? be that strong friend, didn't have that affirmation. And this is no sob story like this. I'm not saying that there was nobody checking in, but I'm just saying, you know, there are moments in time where you're like, it's silent and I need some input and, you know, nobody's available. All right, let me affirm myself. Let me encourage myself. And so then it just became a habit. And now it's like, okay, if I know that I, that helped me, let me just, it's, out of the abundance of the heart, right? Like I could just come out and just be like, hey, what do you need? Like, I'm going to, we're going to find a positive light. Like you said, Alex, you could think it's massive and I may truly agree with you or I might be like, hey, I get that. It's big, but we we can support each other, right? Or I know somebody or, you know, let's just figure this out together. So I think that 
part of it too, is how we interact and how we deal with other humans that are all going through a journey. Um, you know, being kind is the least that you could do. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought up the point because I was actually working my way to getting there to the whole team hype thing. That that to me is, is awesome, um, you know, because I've always felt like, you know, we all need a cheerleader. We all need somebody. You know, when, when you say hype, like for me, it's like I think of a boxer coming out to the ring and they got a friend, uh, you know, something nowadays it's a rapper or whatever on. the case may be. But it's somebody that's bringing you up to get you ready to to face whatever it is you're going to face, you know, mm -hmm. and to have somebody there to lift you up and to say, hey, you got this. Today's going to be an awesome day. You're going to kill it. Or, you know, you know, like I always, you know, I look through memes and sometimes I, I there's periods where I'll go through them where like I share them more because they're just more positive words of affirmation. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, man, people don't want to hear this. People don't want to see this. So let me just, but whatever the case may be, it's like, you know, like the one that always sticks out with me is something positive. It's like you survived your worst day. Like that to me is something when I'm having a rough day and, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm a very glass half full kind of person. Uh, you know, my wife's always like, man, like you, there is no negative in you. Like, you know that I'm like I'm come on not, team hype yes Alex I'm just not wired that way um <laughs> because you know I always say like it takes just as much effort to be positive as it does negative but the positive side it gives you a little makes you feel a little bit better so mm. why not spend that energy there but you know and that's the thing it's just being the the, the supporters to everybody you know and, and I find myself a lot doing it for my wife because man, as Mika, you know, and Mo, you've experienced it on the side, like raising kids, being a mother, like that's not easy. And, and on my best day, I can't do what she does. Like, I just can't, you know, there's times where I want to help her and my kids want nothing to do with me. Right. Like they just want mom. not the mama. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> want mom. And she's looking at me like, I'm like, babe, I'm trying to help, but they don't want me. Like they, they don't want you, me. You still, like, you still I, have to be in the trenches. Yeah. You still have to be You're in like, the trenches. You're like, but I got this foot massage when yeah, they go to school. So as like, soon as they knock out, I like, got you. I'm like, I wake up, like, I feel like I'm I'm her hype man. Like she coming down the, the ring, you know, get, get stuck in the ring. And I'm like the one rapping and singing. Cause yes, I'm like, let's, let's get, go, you rumble. can do this. You know, <laughs> right. but you. We, we all need that. We all need that. And whether it's, in person, in your relationship, through social media, um, even what I think Mo and I are trying to do here is to to, to help others, lift yeah. others, let people know like you're not the only one going Absolutely. through this. You're not the only Absolutely. one that's experienced this, you know. And if we can help just one person, then I think we're mm -hmm. we're killing it, you know. So Kill, you're killing the game. <laughs> yep. I love it. So proud of you so, guys. But no, that's oh, true. Thanks, thanks, you know, thanks. knowing you're not alone, you know, and so my work with Ujima Institute and working with students and doing Mindful Mondays, that in itself, from the feedback that we get from the students is, you know what? I now know I'm not alone. I now know that there are other people that look like me that are going through a similar experience because of this community. Um, and so I think just the value of that vulnerability, that willingness to support and hype, because it's, it's real easy to be stingy, right? Like our nature is to be like, mm, mine, you know, no, I'm not even gonna show you how I did this. Guess what? I covet nothing. Let me show you, let me share, let me get, like, because I've, once again, not a stop story, but you have been in, you know, if you've been on this journey, you've been in environments where you're like, wow, that was not very supportive or encouraging. I don't want to be like that. You know, like I, the lessons that I've learned, if I could just share that with somebody freely, whether they accept it or not, but like, let me just say, look, this is how you can navigate this. This is how you can do this. Or I have had something similar happen. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, what did you do? You don't have to do what I did and how I did it. No. But just to know that you're not like, Alex, you you hit it. You are not alone. Um, and I think just where 
we can do things differently, right? If if we look at the history, you know, if we look at how things are done and if everybody does things the same and we're not willing to pivot and make a change, then we're only going to have more of the same and moving forward, right? And we're trying to transform society. We're trying to make this difference. We're trying to be the difference, right? So we have to do something different. Uh, so how would you suggest like we break this mindset? Like um, a lot of patients, especially black and brown patients, feel that as uh, clinicians, their their pain is being dismissed. Um, like nobody wants to listen to their story. Um, I've had numerous patients, especially the ones 65 and over. Like when I ask, hey, how are you feeling today? They're like, nobody cares. Nobody you know, I'm, I'm going to say I'm okay because nobody cares to listen. And if they hear any way, they're going to say something about it. So people don't really want to talk about mm -hmm. what they're going through because they feel like it's going to be dismissed and no one is really going to help them. So what suggestions do you have for clinicians to be more mindful, to listen and not be dismissive of mm -hmm. someone saying, hey, I have like nine out of 10 pain, but they can still sit there calmly and mm -hmm. and tell you like, look, I'm, I'm down. Pain could mm -hmm. be mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. spiritually mm -hmm. draining. It doesn't always mm -hmm. have to be physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it starts with what you <laughs> said you observed before, right? You have to get at their level, right? And I think just one we have an agenda of what we want to accomplish with our patients and we got to get through this list of things or we have, you know, what we feel like we need to do. But once again, that one minute timer, it does not go as fast as you think. So if you could just take a minute um, or two and really just sit with your patients and really just give them that eye contact, give them that reassurance that you are there. And maybe over time is something that you just have to build that rapport because of the history of what they've been through, right? You have patients, you said they're 65 and older. That's a whole lot of time being dismissed by the healthcare system. So our, me wanting to make a change and me willing to sit with it, I have to acknowledge that it may not happen in this one setting. But I'm planting these seeds of this is something different, right? I do want to hear what you have to say. I will sit at your level. I will interact with you. I will acknowledge and repeat back what you've said to me and, and move forward in, in then providing that patient education as to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. This is what, you know, that return demonstration. And now these are some things that I think could be going on. Let's try, you know, this, or let me educate you on that. And just really what we should be doing as healthcare providers, advocating for our profession in a way that we are giving them lots of information about how we can help. And not, um, you know, not just about this this exercise, but let me explain to you this process. Let me your pain or your your diagnosis or how your diagnosis is affecting your mobility. Taking little bits of um, time to just sit and explain and talk and hold space. And you know, if your patients are upset, you know, we know how to just kind of help deescalate and things like that. So I think knowing that you may not solve it in that one setting, and that's okay not, you know, being forceful about whatever it you want it to be, but just acknowledging, yeah, you probably, you know, you I I'm sorry you've had that experience with healthcare providers, right? Sometimes it starts with that. And you know, I would like for this experience to be different. So, let me lean in and tell me what you feel like you haven't been able to say to somebody else. Um, like I know sometimes it could be challenging in the home health setting where Alex and I practice in, but you know, like if you're at a hospital or a sniff or outpatient clinic, um, I was reading a study that they did about bedside manner. Um, even though a physician who was standing spent a longer time with a patient, they perceived that the physician who sat with them at the bedside and spoke to them at eye level, even if it was like five minutes shorter than the physician who was standing, they perceived the bedside manner much better of the person who was sitting at eye level with them and talking calmly to them. 
So I know sometimes it could be a challenge for us in the home health setting to sit mm-hmm. in certain spaces, right. Um, right. treating uh, patients. Mm-hmm. But those little things, like being mindful mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. I saw Dr. Van Hoos kneel at one time to talk to someone who was sitting like on a sofa. And I was like, yeah. man, she, ha- yeah. she, ha- she, she doesn't have mega knees. So <laughs> I was like, right. Whoa. You got to meet people where they are. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, you know, that, and, that in itself. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm tall. And so <laughs> I, and I'm a pediatric PT. So that it is like, that's my, pri- I got to sit down. I had to sit down and be eye level with my kiddos. Um, And so that's, you know, some of that is where that comes from. I can't, I cannot stand up here and be like, okay, kid down there. No, we got to get it at this eye level and get at, meet people where they are in, in the, the vastness of what that means physically, mentally, emotionally, um, spiritually meet people where they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any, any last words or, or anything do you want to kind of leave our audience with? Wow. Last words. This, we talked about so many good things. I think, um, you know, please follow me on the socials. There is more to come from creatively meek. Um, this summer is a time of, you know, really going into this creative space for me. Um, and so there will be, opportunities and um, offerings, uh, mindfulness exercises, and um, just a variety of things to come. So I think just stay tuned. So please follow. Um, But just words to leave um, with the listeners. It really starts with yourself. And if you can't um, be kind to yourself, it's going to be hard to be kind to others. If you can't be vulnerable with yourself, it's going to be hard to be vulnerable with others. And I think just really taking the time and the intention to get to know yourself and be consistent with how you want to move forward will allow you to then be this person that you want to be. Um, and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out. And, you know, maybe if someone does text you to check in with you, it could be because they needed a check-in too, right? And so um, just really be about this encouragement. I feel like I'm a mindful encourager. I am team hype. Um, and so people need so more of that. Well. This world needs more of that. Um, we definitely, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, right? That song. Um yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mika, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank very, very you. Much. This hour really, went by fast. It, it was and, fun. You know, time flies when you're having fun, but <laughs> I appreciate you, you guys. Mom and I are, are very appreciative of your time um, yes. to come and be with us and, and kind of share your, your ideas, your thoughts. Uh, very excited to, to see what Creatively Meek continues to, to grow and, and to offer. And, you know, once you get a a little bit bigger, we'll bring you on for round two and, and, and let you know, you know, definitely tell us more about it. Tell us more about it. Okay, so you said round two, and I already went to that boxing ring. So I need like some some hype, some theme music. You go, oh, we'll you get you. I'm gonna get you a, 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 you know, it's funny. Like, I when I'm uh, come out little, with a roll, little quick story for you know, before we go, was kind of the hype song and stuff like that. Is I coached my son's t ball. Um, and like after the first, second game, I was like, you know what? They need like some music or something, you know, in the big leagues, everybody comes up to bat, they get a song. Oh, they get so my wife sent in like a, a group text, like, Hey, I need a song for each one of your kids. And man, the kids loved it, but it's just something so simple, right? A, a song puts you in, in a certain frame of mind to do what you're about to do and you know to hear what these kids were picking it, it was kind of funny and kind of like okay like you got some little bit of swag to you with what you're picking but um but yeah absolutely you know the hype the hype the hype is real the, the hype is needed um so again thank you thank you so much really appreciate yes, your time yes yes um, and as you support others hashtags hashtag team hype so you know it just continues to become contagious and part of what we do right because social media can be a dark place i hear i've cultivated my feed i'm like mm. what darkness it's just 
fun and hype over here. But, you know, the more people see it, just like how we need to be vulnerable, the more they'll be like, okay, that actually is not so bad. So thank you so much. Absolutely. absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. Well, everybody have a good night. Thank you. Uh, for myself, it was good to be back. Uh, and um, everybody follow, comment, let us know your thoughts. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. Don't forget to subscribe.